In a world of magic, mythical heroes, savage beasts, and servants of the dark powers, one couple will regale us of the tales of their journeys through the mortal realms. Coming this season to a path of glory near you, this is the Dudes of Sigmar. Welcome to the Dudes of Sigmar. I'm Damon. And I'm Roma. Hey, dude, can we chat? I'd love to chat from the traditional territories of the Klele Tanay. What are we chatting about tonight? We have some guests here tonight. We have... Matt Greenberg. And Desmond Ng. And we've had both Matt and Des on before because they're great paint or artists and they paint amazingly. So, all right, guys. Uh, and tonight, we had this, this podcast comes to you via special request from Justin. Uh, he's a new guy who sort of showed up at the community, and uh, he, he said he binged all our podcasts last, over the last weekend uh, and lots, had lots of nice things to say. And I said, sure, man. Thank you very much for the, for the praise. I said, if you got any ideas, uh, shoot some topics out our way. And he did. And he said, I'd like to know about uh, airbrushing. And I said, so would I. Because I've got one, and I think I've used it twice. So this seems like a really good idea. And I don't know much about them, slash anything, but I know two people who do. So, gentlemen, take it away. What do you know about airbrushing? Well, according to you guys, it is the magic device that you put quarters in, and a few hours later, you have beautiful painted miniatures. Yeah, I guess at this point, I have, I'm on my fourth one. You've burned through four airbrushes? I, no, I, I didn't burn through them, but I, I own four. <laughs> Just keep on trying different things with them, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Do you have four set up at one time? Uh, I have it so they have quick connects on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like what? some of them are just like getting away, f- like some intro brushes and stuff, and then learning along the way. Like I think I got in them fairly early, um, probably over 20 years ago when I bought my first one. Really? Wow. And But the, I didn't do the research and like I had like um, the bottle feed which isn't as useful for doing miniature painting like the gravity feeds way better I remember I bought my first uh, airbrush from Walmart and I think it was for one project Des is skipping ahead a little bit there and not following our show notes but we'll talk about the difference between the, the airbrushes here in a second here after we discuss what we actually have yeah, sorry, I'm a, a little bit more by the seat of my pants. <laughs> Matt's a lot more prepared than I am. Yeah, um, I have two airbrush setups. Um, I don't have four like Des does, but I have like a, a basic um, overspray brush and then a fine detail brush. And again, we can go into that later on. Yeah, my the only reason I got four is like that mistake one in the beginning for like a, the wrong type of setup and then an intro brush and then just trying a couple of different brands to see the differences and stuff. Okay. You've got me curious already. Um, how do we want to do this? So, uh, I think I'm just going to ask questions as we go along. So you said, uh, two brushes, one for detail, one for sort of general duty work. Um, can you, do you think for somebody getting into the airbrush hobby, what would you recommend? Some, like you want an actual brand and name of a brush? I think more just, I mean, maybe, yeah. Well, for startup gear, um, there's a couple different ways you can go. 
like Des said, there's, there are two types of brushes. There's the siphon feeds and the gravity feeds. Um, anybody who can see what an airbrush is, uh, a siphon feed has the bottle hanging off the bottom, and a gravity feed has the cup up top. Now, they both work through pressurized air, and there's different ways of getting your pressurized air, and we can talk about that in a sec. But um, as far as miniature painting goes, if you want the science behind it, for a siphon feed, you need a lot of air pressure to blow down, down into the cup, blow it back up, and then onto your miniature, which means you need a higher amount of air pressure, which means you're blowing a lot more. And when we're doing our minis, which are very fine detail, we want to use as low a pressure as possible. So that's where the gravity feeds come in, and they're the most popular for miniatures. Yeah, and just like literally like the physical amount of real estate they take up in your hand, you'll notice a noticeable difference too. Yeah, I think I, I've, got a, I've got the cup. Gravity? Cup on top? Or cup, cup on top. That's a gravity feed. Okay, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I know that, dude, you've got the airbrush, and I always wonder. So you only put in one color at a time. Yeah, I mean, um, once you get going into actual painting, you have your mixing cup on top. And it's not necessarily one color, but because uh, you can mix your colors in there. Right. And if you're actually mixing it as you paint, you can get your layers as you're blowing. Mm. Um, but... Do you guys want to start with like all the things you need to get sure, started? That would be and, great. Then, and then we can talk techniques and stuff. Or sure. how, how would you want to do this? Go ahead. We're going to wreck your yeah. show notes yeah, right yeah. out of the game. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Matt, Matt's a lot more on the educated end of it where I've been basically like learning by feel over all these years and stuff and get excited by one thing and then I'll hop into it and learn what I like and don't like. So I think Matt definitely has a lot bigger, better of a grasp on like the finer details. I just want to go back just a little bit. Remember when we had our Let Roma paint and Damon wouldn't let me even touch the Griffound and all of that? Okay, just so when I asked him if I could even use his airbrush when I was learning how to paint, he just about freaked out. Could a, could a new person like myself learn how to use an airbrush? Very easily, yeah. Jesus, Matt. <laughs> no, no, yeah. newbies can't yeah. use airbrushes. They should never me touch away them. from the airbrush. <laughs> Not only can you learn to use it quite quickly, um, you'll be doing more magical things than with just a regular brush. Wow, this is exciting. I'm excited. So if you were to be starting out, Roma, yes. there's a couple things you're going to need. Okay. Obviously, you need an airbrush. Yes. Um, and as Damon alluded to earlier, what kind do you want to get? You want to get a gravity feed and you want to get a mid-level brush. I have a Badger uh, Patriot, which has a mid-sized needle, and I have an Infinity from H&S, which has a very fine needle, and you don't want that as a beginner because you're going to clog, you're going to get frustrated, right. and then you're not going to use it. Okay. But you want a workhorse brush like the Patriot, which you can run very thick paint, airbrush paint mm -hmm. through it. And it'll still get you good coatings, and then you can do all sorts of different techniques with it. Wow. You're going to need an air source, whether it's a compressor. You can use tanks. Uh, you can get little compressed air cans. But what you want is a compressor. Um, you're going to want one that you can control. What sort of monster uses compressed air cans for airbrushing? 
Well, originally at Walmart and stuff, that's what you would get. And our good friend Josh has a scuba tank that he likes to use. <laughs> scuba I would get. love to have uh, yeah. oh. an airbrush party where we saw what everyone used. Yeah, actually, I think the scuba tanks originated from Robin Miller there because his, I think his father did like uh, scuba lessons. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. I get compressed. I mean, you can use them. It's just getting air through the brush. But you want control of that air. And the one hard thing with learning how to airbrush is, unlike a brush and paint where you're, you know, you're thinning your paint, dipping, and putting it on the model, we have a lot of factors that we have to play with with the airbrush at first to get used to it. We need the proper thinning of our paints with water. We need to get the proper um, pressure with our compressors and our air tanks, which is a lot of playing around. And it depends on humidity, temperature, all these kind of things. But once you learn them and master them, like say, what you get out of them is amazing. I'm learning a lot right here right now too. <laughs> wow. So how much time goes into setting up your airbrush and then how many models can you do with it versus the cleaning? Like how much time does it take? The initial setup, once you're used to it, is quite quick. I mean, you... Get your area ready, similar to we when we did our other painting. You get, I like to use puppy pads, <laughs> and especially for the airbrush because you are spraying. Um, you might not notice it at first, and you're crunched over your, your miniature spraying tight, but you are putting vapor into the air, which is paint, and it's going to be landing on stuff. So you get your area set. You need that. My um, compressor plugs right in. I have quick connects as well, and you can be off and painting within minutes, right? Um, I'm pretty practiced at getting my paints down to con the consistency I like, but it's a matter of using water to thin them down so that we can blow them through the airbrush. And I also use a, f a flow improver, which is a drop or two that you mix in, and that prevents it from drying on the tip of the, your needle. Okay, I got a question about that. Uh, so I got a big bottle of flow improver when I got mine. Do you, but I didn't think you were supposed to use water for some reason. So do you put a couple drops of water into your little pot and then some flow improver? Or like what's the... Yes, um, I use water to thin my paints and the flow improver is just a drop just so that it's not drying on the tip. Like you're talking like using your traditional normal acrylics, not like the pre-made airbrush paints like a lot of the lines do now, right? Um. Even with the, the new lines, which come very thin down, occasionally you do have to add a drop or two of water to thin them down. You, it's, it's all about playing with that consistency, and it depends on your airbrush. My Infinity, definitely, even airbrush paints, I'm, I'm thinning down, because it's a 0.15 millimeter needle, right? Anything will block it. Des, with you having four, do you use all four at one time? Like, I think I kind of asked, and then, like, you wouldn't have a color in one and a color in another and another one? No. No? Okay. No, like, like Matt said, too, like, with the different needle sizes, so then you can have them set up for the different tasks, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, the main difference right. is, like, one of the newer brushes I have has um, presets on for controlling the regulating the air and then also controlling how far back you're on the trigger. Mm -hmm. So then, like, you can find that, this is probably jumping ahead again on Matt's thing, but you can find a sweet spot with it. And then, because then that's where you, you usually want to be, so you could 
adjust that one to be at that spot all the time. Right. Okay. So the reason for having different ones would be the brush size and the fine detail versus the... Okay. So what other supplies do you need, Matt, to get started? Well, like say, you need the compressor, you need the airbrush, you need a place to paint. Um, I like to have something to hold the brush. Um, I have a little pot that has a built-in fingers so that I can take a break every once in a while. You're going to need a washout pot. Unlike a bristle brush that you just quickly, you know, dipping in water, shaking it, sucking on it, whatever you do to get it clean. Um, the cleaning part of the airbrush is very important and you will ruin it after a single use if you don't do it properly. So you need a bucket, you need some uh, squeegee bottles, you will need some isopropyl alcohol if you don't wanna use airbrush cleaner. And that's really about it for the most part. When you're doing your deep cleans, you can go into, you need a few more cleaning supplies mm -hmm. like tiny little Q-tips. Um, I have ones from the makeup store that are very small. For, I think the ladies put their eyelashes on with them, but you can get right in and clean with that. But as far as painting, that's what you need. You're very creative with what supplies you buy, <laughs> like puppy <laughs> pads and then ladies' makeup. <laughs> there, there are other things, like, I found later down the road, like, messing with airbrushes that aren't necessary, but I find as huge helps. Like, you can go to, I think, there's, like, a, a ventilation to set up where it just blows right into a filter. A lot of people are using those these days just to help with, like, the, the misting that you get. Do you wear a mask? I did, like just like an M, like one of those three M masks I did before for a bit. But I, I found after a day of airbrushing, it felt like I'd inhaled a bottle of acrylic paint, and I've been using a mask ever since. Well, I smoke and I work in construction, so my lungs are shot. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't wear a mask. I probably should, but I don't. <laughs> One more question about equipment. Um, vibrosonic cleaners. Like, I, yay or nay? Um, if you really need to deep clean your airbrush after getting a bunch of dried up clogs in it, yay. I honestly have never tried one, um, but I've spent many hours cleaning my brush when I took the easy way out and didn't clean it properly, and then the next time had to. So I would love to try one, but I've, I've never done it. So when you set up your airbrush, how many models are you thinking you're going to be painting? Like you'd probably want, like with all that setup, you'd probably want to be doing quite a few. Um, I find it helps a lot for batch painting. So okay. I've, I've literally set up like a whole army before and I would go through the colors with the airbrush and then go with like the highlights and, and then move to the next colors and like you can get a lot done very quickly with that and you can get nice gradients with your color too nice and i'm terrible and i only ever do one model at a time you're fucking mad i am like, <laughs> it's just that is it's insane. just my process so i i batch painting is really difficult for me oh, so <laughs> i'm inefficient <laughs> So you use your airbrush mat, so you put in one color, do it, and then you let it dry, and then you put in your next color. Like, is that how you do it? Um, not necessarily. Okay. Um, depending on what I'm working on, like I was working on a, a cloak last night, so I did my base color real quick, and then I didn't even wash my brush out. I just added the next color on top, oh. mixed it in, and then so what was left in the tip sprayed out, and then it's naturally 
fading into a new color oh, okay. while you're using your airbrush, right. which is, you know, you've got dual techniques there because you're, you're, with your airbrush, you can already layer paints very nicely. And then when it's naturally doing it as it came through the airbrush, it gets even more. So I, I, I took a course down in Victoria a couple of years ago on, on this, and we learned a lot of different little techniques like that, which was really neat. And then when you're doing a major color shift, like, you know, if that was all red and then I wanted to go to blue, yeah, then I would do a quick clean out, but I would just rinse it real quick, blow some water through it, and then keep going, right? It's like, you don't need to break down the brush every time right. you switch colors, okay. but it's all in what you're doing. But when you clean it, that's when you at, need to At the leave. end of at your the session, yes. then you, you need to do a proper clean. Okay. Yeah, those nozzle bo bottles, like, just filled with water are super handy for that. Like, kind of the same ones that tattoo artists use yeah. for, like, their uh, soapy water and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I just have a bunch of those, and I just... Like, I'll spray out my cup, and then, like Matt says, blow the water through, and then I'm ready for the next color, right? I, I mean, I um, I set my compressor up in the middle of the room and then just head over to the sink and wash it out in the sink each time. So, But not everybody's got a sink next to the room. No, like I say, I actually have, I think, like two mason jars, like big ones, and then some of the, the spray bottles, really? and, yeah. and I just go into them. I don't even have to get up, and then, yeah, at the end of my painting session, just dump them out, so... Hmm. Have you ever thought of putting on a course? Um, we did like an off the record one, um, I think with Con and, and David two and a half or three years ago. And we just did like a quick one hour, like this is what we were going over. And we were like, and no offense to them, but their stuff was such junk that we ended up <laughs> fighting their equipment um, because it hadn't been cleaned properly and prepped properly. But it did get them going and they got their stuff fixed and now they're using their brushes all the time as well. So was Conan's compressor a fire hazard then too? Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was, it was David's compressor, which was <laughs> as high as pressure as I've ever seen. I think he was blowing up tires before and then wondering why he was blowing through an entire pot of paint in a second and a half. Oh, wow. And yes, Conan's uh, airbrush itself had about, three quarters of an inch layer of paint on it that we tried to clean off and then eventually got going and then he could sp spray. But like I say, cleaning is so important on this. But to answer your question about putting on a course is part of the course I took down in Vancouver through CK Studios was like not an NDA, but it was proprietary what they were teaching us and like we can't give out their course materials right but i am always open for helping people and we do talk about this stuff all the time and give hints and tips all the all the time oh cool <laughs> okay so we've talked over basic uh talked about basic materials we've touched on techniques um matt and des can you talk a little bit about like like the base coat versus the fine detail techniques uh, sure. Um, as with anything, it's, it's a lot of practice. Um, it's a lot of muscle memory. And um, it's just getting to learn to use your airbrush. So they're almost all of them now are dual action. So you're pressing down on your trigger for air, and you're pulling back for paint. And so it's just learning that um, push and pull and setting your, your brush properly. And then it's all about what you want to do with it. So if you just are trying to base coat very quickly, you can set your pressures high, and it's not that much to learn the muscle memory of push and pull, and you just 
spray as much as you can. As you're getting into more fine detail, it's a lot about distance between the needle and the miniature and how much air versus how much paint. And that's just practice and, and practice, practice, practice and muscle memory. How often do you use your airbrush in a week, say? Uh, seven nights a week. Wow. Yeah, I'd say similar. Like, Brew, every time I sit down to paint. <laughs> um, you can't see it, but my face is numb with shock. Really? Like, every time you paint, you're using an airbrush? Pretty much, yeah. Um, it, it's, well, as you guys know, it's my go-to, and I've been doing it for the last seven or eight years within our community here. And, well, you guys saw what happened when it first came out. Like, that's when the teasing started about magic elves and magic machines. It's just, it's very comfortable for me. I can do 90% of my miniature with it, and then I finish them off with brushwork. That's really interesting because, dude, I seriously thought you'd be using yours a lot more than you do. I think you've only used it a couple of times. <coughs> For me, it's a clean, like, I, the two things. It's a setup because I can sit there and normally I've got like 30 minutes to paint maybe when the kids come down or I'm getting yelled at to come upstairs and do whatever. <laughs> and... uh so if, if I don't know that I've got an hour, an hour and a half to sit, then I don't really want to risk five minutes of setup, five minutes of clean, because I don't want to throw my brush away dirty. I want to spend five minutes and clean it out. So if I know that I've got to spend, say, 15 minutes dealing with it, that that's going to eat into my 30 or 45 minutes of paint time. Yeah. That's like that's why I don't use it. Yeah, because like I, I literally have a separate entire setup at my place for just the airbrush. So like it's always set up all the time. I actually get a lot of flack in the local community about how I keep my airbrushes. Um, I would say the hugest thing is familiarity with your brush because then you learn like, okay, it's clogged. It's because of like, like I know with me, I get a lot of tip drawing. So then just know I have to wipe off the tip and stuff. And, and I keep mine a lot messier than most people, but cause I'm just literally focusing on the pathway for it. And then just, because, like, you know, I'll sit there and use it for an army, right? Oh, I was going to ask you a question, but I was going to say, let me ask this, though. Like, if you're worried about losing five minutes in setup and 10 minutes in cleanup, but you can be 30 to 40% more efficient in your painting because you can go faster, you can, you can cover more with an airbrush than you can with a... A bristle brush. Are you losing out? I got to put up with Connor and his math. Don't math me, Matt. <laughs> I don't need this from you, too. No, I'm not, okay, I'm not doing math, but I'm just saying. Like, but yeah, if you want to talk about like surface area and quantity of paint you can get done in amount of time, I, I think you'll find that the airbrush will give you a lot more results. Okay, so I just pulled up my brush, and I'm asking Matt to look at it with his cruel judging eyes to tell me how he thinks I'm looking after it. I'm also sensing a common theme here about you and math, dude. <laughs> well, I can't move your needle because it's stuck, so we're, oh. not, we're not off to a good start. <laughs> okay, so I, like I washed the, I washed and washed and washed that before I put it away. How do I? I ran a gajillion gobs of iso like uh, brush cleaner through it. I washed. I, I flushed. Is that the Iwata Eclipse? Because that's my go-to. How many well, we're skipping a couple of the cleaning steps here, but what I do at the end of my painting session, I always remove my needle. Okay, I don't do that. 
yeah. because there is you guys can't see but there is a part of this is in here right like we're cleaning the, the cup that the, the spray nozzle everything down from but the cup. there's paint all in here as well right okay. so when we're doing especially when we're doing our deep clean we're going to take this all apart and we're going to clean all of it because inevitably but you should be able to pull your needle and like a, a good practice too is lubrication comment oh dude your oh, needle's stuck because yeah. <laughs> that that will help prevent that from happening yeah because that's the other thing is that inevitably that problem happens and so now because my neat and it i think every single time it's been stuck and i haven't known how to deal with it um and so then i got to spend 20 minutes pulling that out scraping with my fingernail all the little crusty bits off it well, i'll tell you when, when i took that uh ck studio course it was a three-day course, and the first day was cleaning, setup, and we painted pieces of paper. And after the first day, I was like, I traveled all the way down here and spent thousands of dollars <laughs> and for this. But in hindsight, that was the best day of the course because it gave us skills to move forward so that you don't have this and you don't have the frustration. Because I can see why you'd be frustrated. Like. I've been playing with this thing for a minute now, and I can't. I wouldn't. I would be fed up with it. <laughs> yeah. So like, like that's that familiarity thing again, too, right? Like, like I'm like itching at the bit to grab it because it's the same brush I have, and I'm like, oh, I know what spot that's dirty in right now that's holding it up. And um, one tool you might want to look at is that you can get like fairly inexpensive um, airbrush cleaning kits off like Amazon and stuff. And one thing is that you get like this little. Um, basically like a little blade needle and that is probably my number one cleaning tool because that's what's going to get into the nozzle here and clean up any of the dried up stuff in there that will cause all your clogs did you loosen it? And no. <laughs> <laughs> she's stuck so, so dude here's a question how did you learn how to use an airbrush? I didn't so you just I mean you can learn as with almost anything on YouTube, watching videos, but the best is to do it with other people. Yes, absolutely. Have them over your shoulder oh, that's and have the proper proper equipment. That's not true. Conan's going to just be ripping his hair out because he did come over and show me how to use it the first time, but I don't think uh, clearly. You didn't he's listen to him again? Well, it's not apparently like he's the person to tell me how to wash airbrushes. <laughs> Has Conan ever had this issue with his airbrush? If it makes you feel better. Yours is in much better shape than when I went to Conan's house two years ago. There we go. Okay, I feel a bit better. Yeah, I think we both sat down with Conan when he was learning. Yeah. Um, is that he's it? a great guy, and I love Conan to death, but he, I wouldn't go to him for cleaning cleaning tips. <laughs> Mind you, I wouldn't come to me either. For <laughs> You go to Matt. Okay. So that's why I have four of them. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, we've uh, clearly uh, tackled the importance of cleaning and the need to take it apart. Um, because Matt still hasn't been able to pull your needle <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah, that's going to have to be a post-after <laughs> interview thing. It's in there pretty good. Going to need some tools. <laughs> I'm going out to my truck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez, uh, okay. Just chill. You're making me feel bad. I can't believe you haven't got that out of Dragons there Dragons and airbrushes. Is this a front load <laughs> 
Um, but, 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 okay, so let's talk a little bit about techniques. Let's say we're using a, we've got a compressor, we've got, um, we've got our paint sorted out. Oh, oh there, Des got it out. <laughs> and he's crying because his fingers hurt so much from doing <laughs> it. It drove that needle through his hand while he was doing it. Um, so let's say, talk thinning paint again. So how thin do we need it? Um, very thin. Um, you need to picture what's happening, right? We have very small needles at the front of this, and we're blowing kind of through the little opening from when we pull the needle back, and we're putting out a gazillion little dots. So on with your brush, you don't need to be quite as thin as like with my detail brush, because you see how small your needle is? Mine is going to be about half the size of that. Oh, wow. For my detail brush. Like, if I had done that to my detail brush, I would have wrecked my needle. Like, it's a real pain. Mm -hmm. And it has to be extremely thin. For what you're using it for, and for most people, I mean, it's got to be much thinner than you would do with a brush. But you're just going to add some water, mix it, and then that's why we have our puppy pads. And you can just spray and see if you're getting the design. And you can do a couple little dots, and then you can be off, off to the races. Des found my lube and is now making really intense eye contact as he squirts lube all over my equipment. Yeah, on, on your needle. <laughs> I just, you know, go to get it so you, you know, that doesn't get jammed up like that again. Did you know you had lube? Uh, no, I just kind of like shoved it in dry. Dude, seriously, you got this box for your needle and your airbrush and you didn't decide to open the whole bag and think why do i have lube oh, that lube <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about the same thing oh my gosh wow so if you if anybody does buy any kind of you know air um compressors and uh, extra lube make sure you open the whole kit yes. look at all of everything that's in there pull it all out question why every item would be in there yeah, yeah, okay. Why do I always end up getting shamed in these? Okay, <laughs> so um, so we've got a model in front of us. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? Are you are you painting over black? Are you painting over white? What are you doing? Again, it it really depends on what you're painting. For me, the majority I like to go over a black base coat, and then it's what effect you're looking for. Um, you can start dark and work your way light. You can work, work your way from light to dark, and you don't have as much of the coverage issues as you do with a brush because you can shoot it and layer it, and it's, it's covering very nicely, and you can do fades, um, you can do layers, you can even just use it like if you want to be doing lots of brushwork for your Xanathal highlights, which I know you like to do for your slap chop. So load up your, your gray, shoot all the way around, shoot, do your lighter gray, go at a 45, do your whites from the top, boom, you got 10 models ready to go. Like even for your OSL stuff, like for like doing under lights or over lighting, like um, it's great for stuff like that. Or even after you've done your paint job, if you want to do a, like a, on like an actual OSL, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's great too for, for like I said, for lighting effects or for shading and highlighting effects because you can, have your, you know, your brush two inches back, whatever, depending on the thickness of the, the blow you would like. And 
the paint's only going to hit what the brush can see. So it's like light. So if you hold your brush simulating light, that's what you're going to get. Have you tried running contrast through airbrushes? Yep, you can do it. I mean, it doesn't work the same as, but it, you can use it as a neat filter. Yeah, it's a real neat different effect. Like it doesn't, like Matt says, it doesn't work like how it would traditionally work, but like I'll use it to do grit and grime. Like it works really well for doing that. Yeah, you don't get the, because it's coming out and drying so fast because of the, of the air that's pushing it, you don't get that effect where it's you know going into the recesses and then leaving the other things um, highlighted or, or the whites or grays showing through whatever your base color is. But it does act as a neat filter product. And you, you do need to use the contrast medium to thin it down enough to shoot it through your brush. But really? you can use it. Yeah. You got a thin contrast to push it through the brush? I would have thought it would have been plenty thin already. I've always used thinner to get it down. But like I say, I use a very fine needle. Right. I, I, I've actually, I literally like straight from the bottle for most of my stuff, but like different effects, different needle sizes, right? Yeah, like I say, on my affinity, like it will clog instantly if it, if I'm not almost like water. So how long does it take you to paint a model then with airbrushing? That's an impossible question. I mean, okay. it, it depends on the model, on the model, uh, the and, detail, and the detail, and, right? right? The um, Nagash I brought to our Christmas game, that was about 10 hours. And if you remember all the fades that I had throughout the, the flames and the cloaks and everything. Could you do me a favor, Des, and grab one of those Bliss Barb over from the counter? I want to I get Matt's opinion on this, because these Bliss Barb are haunting me. Um, they are a lovely model, but they are dripping in ridiculous detail. Tell me, is there a, a place on that model for an airbrush? Um... So does every, I'm assuming everybody here is going to know what a bliss barb is. Um, you can do the hair, for sure. The skin, the cloak, the quiver. Um, if you had a fine brush like the Affinity, you could do almost everything. The only one I'd be a little bit leery of is the leather arm piece. And, yeah. You could do about, once you've practiced a little bit, 95% of this model. Wow. And then you just last a little bit with your, your brush for details. Like, so your other question there too, like for how quickly with an army, like I have pumped out an army, like a 2000 point, like dragging over army. And I did it in like three, four days, mainly all airbrush. Good Lord. Yeah. But, I mean, those were long days. Yeah, but because, I mean, that model, to me, and m based on my experience with an airbrush, would be totally unworkable. I mean, like, okay, maybe I could have done the pom-pom the on the top of his head and the quiver, but then that only takes me seconds with the brush anyways. So I, I think just more time with this, like, f getting that familiarity, finding that sweet spot, then, like, finding that sweet spot for different effects, too. Because, like, if you start playing with the amount of air or the amount of paint you're putting through, you can get finer control or wider control and or, like, um, more opaque paint coming through based off of how much of the paint you're putting to air. Because I just pulled over a couple of Roma's uh, Dracolines. And, like, those, because, I mean, they're huge by comparison. I feel like those would be a much better starting place for me 
a big model, yeah. much more forgiving, way less fiddly it, detail. It oh. does go back to um, Matt's pulling out his oh. camera, <laughs> but like there's like that. The, the number of the like when we all used to get started painting, there was that one thing is like start from the inside out, and don't worry if you get over paint, and so don't worry. I find if you don't worry about overspace, so say you start with that bliss barb's flesh first. Yeah, you get those colors all down. And don't worry if you overspray and got it on the armor and stuff, because your next steps is going to cover that up anyways. Like it's just like as you go further, that the more control you're going to want to have. But like if you just want to utilize that airbrush for like those rough first steps, then you're going to save your. I think I feel that you'll save yourself a lot of time. Matt's busy scrolling through his thousands of internet cat pictures. Hurry up and find your artwork, Matt. Okay, so I'm gonna just gonna show you guys. This was our final from the course I took, and we had to do the faces with the airbrush. So as you wow. can see, we did the eyes, the tongue, the teeth. Dang. That's with the airbrush. So that's the detail level you can get with a very fine needle. So what I'm looking at here is a orc. What, is, what size is that? Like so That's going to be about a 75 mil okay. miniature, so like smaller than a dreadnought. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, you know, um, great texture on the the forehead. The, he's got the red, the pink in the eyes and the nose, the teeth, the cheeks. Inside the ears are all colored up. Uh, of course, he's got the the pecs. All the muscles got all highlighted up. It looks amazing. Is but that yeah. the picture for the podcast? Could be. Yeah, I can. Uh, I'll give you guys this. But that like that was our our final and. We had a class of 15 of us, and we all were looking at each other like, you got to be out of your mind. Wow. Like, we just spent two days working on this miniature, and we're going to wreck it by destroying the faces. And it was just a little bit of air, a little bit of paint, and a lot of, you know, being careful and going slow and easy and getting, you know, setting your distances properly. But that's the detail level you can get. Wow. So if you tell me you're worried about this, I'm like, you can do it. It's just practice. So you can practice on Karazai as well, if you like, a bigger model. Okay, so I'm feeling more confident. I'm certainly feeling like maybe uh, if I clean it better, my experience setting up will be better because it's all pretty handy. I got you know a pretty decent setup here, but I like the mason jar. I think because even just walking over to the the sink and that's pretty convenient but um the mason jar spray thing um that's a big take home for me because yeah. then i don't have to get up it's just quick <laughs> yeah like i same thing with like those nozzle bottles to spray into the cup and then dump it out into like a takeout container okay. and i mean start start big start just using it for your base coats and then your initial initial first highlight from there and you can see how you can kind of blend with it too as you taper off and pull away and yeah, for sure. Like anything else, you're not going to be a master at it. You know, I've been doing this for 10 minutes. Why it, isn't it coming? Start base coat. You okay, know. Right, you lost me right there. <laughs> I, I have a serious problem with I've been doing this for 10 minutes. Why am I not the Leonardo da Vinci of airbrushes? I mean, when I've got my first one, <laughs> I could not figure it out. So it went back in a box for a year. <laughs> I think everybody starts off with they're going to do this and then like, okay, well, I'm going to base coat my rhino <laughs> and then but it, it's just getting there and and learning to use it and and, and like I, say, I can't stress enough it's the muscle control and the muscle memory 
and it's, it seems like you you know I'm just moving my finger a little bit, but you need to get it down because there's so much control between the air and the paint flow. But once you have it, it's amazing. Yeah, and then there's like those newer brushes out there that actually have presets too that will help you with that if you don't have that. I've seen those little aluminum add-on things that I imagine that's what they are, just setting up. Yeah, I, I don't have those on my brushes, but they look fancy. Yeah. Well, my so my plan uh, is to airbrush that castle that's sitting next to you. Uh, I've mentioned recently that I'm I'm now a 3D printer dude, and I've been cranking out this castle by Dark Fantastic Mills, um, and I'm gonna airbrush that. So I thought I can't possibly screw up a castle like just. That's a great candidate for trying contrast through it after you paint it too. Yeah, and I I would be looking at the top and like looking at some baby wipe techniques for getting some marble down on there. Like, I would be excited to to look at that. We'll, we'll stand over your shoulders while you're painting. There, yeah. <laughs> okay, baby wipes. Oh, like for getting like a meshy web look? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a, a secret little method, but you can take like a, a dried baby wipe or a, a dryer sheet that's been used and kind of spread it out, put it over, hit it with one color, take it off, turn it just a little bit, hit it with your lighter color, take it off, turn it, hit it with your third color, and when you're done, you've got a marbling effect. Wow. Which in something like that, like I'm looking at the top, would be the cat's pajamas. Oh my goodness, that sounds that sounds really fun. And that's stuff you cannot do with a brush. You have to use an airbrush for yeah. that. And those big flat surfaces are screaming for airbrush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No brush marks, no pooling. Yeah. Like it's just it. Once you get going, you can actually get excited about it, right? Like the models that you once were like, man, like, like big armor pieces are, are can be very difficult. Yeah, like tanks when we first started. Yeah, tanks and dreadnoughts and big shields. And I mean, we're talking AOS, so we'll stay away from the 40k stuff here. But well, they have tanks in AOS now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like big armor plates on some yeah. of these guys. Like now, you can do it with the brush, the airbrush, and it's just. It, you get that flow. And if you remember the Theradons I brought last time and their flesh colors, how they were molding from the, the browns into the grays. Yeah, I remember how you rubbed those, my nose and those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, try doing that with a brush. It's a, that's a lot of wet blending and fooling around. Or it's 10 minutes with an airbrush. Wow. So are you excited now, dude, to get started again? Honestly, I think the thing that excites me most is cleaning because that really sucked. So I'm feeling better about that. And yeah, no, I think... Um, this weekend, I uh, might be airbrushing some stuff. Nice. Just uh, don't set your pressure too high and practice, practice, practice. Okay, so what pressure should we be using? I think there's a fair bit of argument about that. Yeah, I, I can't give you the exact number because every brush is different. Um, I'm going to say I'm usually around 30, 25 to 30. Okay, yeah, because I'm like about 30, 35. Yeah. Um, it really depends. Um, the bigger your needle, the less push you need. So, like my Infinity runs a little bit higher than my Badger, but they're all—it's all about playing. And like, say it depends on temperature, humidity. There's—it's more than just I set it for that day and I'm good for the rest of my life. There is some adjustment. Okay, you guys. Like first, I thought I could pull a 3D printer and just drop it on my counter and start making stuff. Oh no, you got your Z offset, and you got to get your nozzle temperature, and blah blah. Oh, you got to figure out your humidity. This sucks. <laughs> this hobby has way too many variables. I don't want to deal with. I think we came from construction. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's not that bad. You literally have to turn a little nozzle up or down a quarter turn. That's basically instrumentation for you. Right there. <laughs> or we could just let Roma try it all. Yeah. So and, I, and like her playing, her painting can outpace you quickly as well. I, I think. I love it. I think the candidates for this episode is. Uh, Des, can you lube my needle or let Roma airbrush? <laughs> well, it's, it's already lubed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would love to learn how to airbrush. You know what? So then you could do Karazai. Actually, I am in 100% support of you learning how to airbrush. Okay, cool. I think you both should learn how to airbrush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that's why you would never let me airbrush because you didn't really know how to do it yourself. Uh, well, if you're going to put it like that, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I'm willing to bet, like, like or not wanting to use it because everybody gets one. <laughs> they try it. They're not instantly great at it, and it clogs. Yeah. And you get frustrated, and then walk. And I can just do this with my brush. So you, if you really need a, a person to help you, but right. once you get going, you'll uh, love it. So here's a question from a newbie. Um, should I be painting more sequiturs and get more practice before learning how to use an airbrush, or does it matter? Do you need to have some skills and build up some? I think this plays a lot into what, what we talked last time I was on, where it's just like, don't be afraid to try new things. Right. All okay. your, like, every time you're painting, no matter what you're doing, whatever skill set it is, all you're doing is building up more knowledge. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the very first day, like I say, you might want to practice just on some paper. Like, right. say, like my first day of my course that was was on paper. Was, a bit, was on paper. And yep. I must have written my name a hundred times, and I did a lot of squares and lines and dots. But the next day, we were off and running, and we were working on our. We did a Space Marine first, and then we went on to this orc for a day and a half. Wow! And if you make a mistake, go over it. And it's a lot easier to go over it with an airbrush than it is with a paintbrush. Than paintbrush. Yeah, because yeah, it probably follows a lot of the same fundamentals as you would with brush painting, right? Mm -hmm. Get your base, do your highlights. There's just a, some way it goes about doing things is different. Yeah. I think we should set up a paint night with an airbrush. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah uh, next easy. time you're back in town. Yeah, it's easy to do. You just... The only problem with a paint night for airbrushing is power sources, but um, other than that. So just a recap. So any um, a recap, <laughs> Martin Des. I mean, <laughs> or tips. Or well, I mean, okay, like there was like we talked about gravity feed and dual action for your brush. Uh, huge emphasis on cleanliness of your brush. And that all plays into familiarity. Um, there are the cleaning pots, the cleaning tools, which are some of the bigger things you want to do. Um, what else was there, Matt, you touched on? Um, the biggest things for me, if, if you want to enjoy airbrushing, is um, thin your paints. Thinner is better. Even if you think it's way too wet, it's not. The amount of air going through there will dry it for you. Thin your paints. That way you're not fighting your brush. And keep it clean, and you'll have lots of fun. Wow, that's great. You guys are so amazing. 
Okay, well, I want to thank uh, Matt and Des for coming over tonight. Hopefully, yeah, no, we're good. We're recording. Um, hopefully, uh, Justin and many other folks out there will have some benefit from this. I uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time tonight. Um, I'll edit this out, get it quick. Um, just on some non... Um, say one thing real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Um, I won't speak for Des, but for myself, you can always reach out and ask questions. Um, you can either get me through Facebook. Um, I try not to follow your guys' gaming chats because I don't have that much time <laughs> to sit there and read people snarking at each other. But I also have um, Allergic to Grey painting on Facebook. And I'm sure Des feels feel, the feel same. Feel free to reach out to me, too. Like, I don't mind. Like, can, can I post your cell number on our... Uh... <laughs> not my not my work number, <laughs> but um, there's lots of ways to get uh, a hold of me. And I, 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 as you can tell, it, I get excited talking about painting and airbrushing. So more than willing to give a help where I get my stuff, if that's the questions, um, anything. And sorry, <clears throat> that was allergic to gray on Facebook. That's your uh, Facebook painting thing, right? Correct. Yeah, because like, you do commission painting too. Yep. Yeah, not not like you do though, because I'm I like to do one miniature at a time. And, and again, that... uh, Des, your Ronin Nation. Yeah, 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 I got the website there, Ronin Nation or Ronin Nation dot com. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll put up uh, some addresses in the uh, the deets of the the episode. And maybe Justin might want to come over when we're learning to use the airbrush. This guy kicked this off. We we'll have to get him over here. Uh, so thanks again on some non-airbrush-related uh, news uh, that is in the AOS realm. The worlds are coming up, the AOS worlds. Uh, and for those of you who are following it, Canada drew Denmark as their first opponent. Um, and people know that I'm kind of a closet Denmark fan on this podcast, uh, always putting shout-outs to my fan or two in Denmark. I see you're up to 14 episodes this month. Thank you very much. So I have a difficulty uh, picking sides on this, so I just want to wish both teams, the Danes and the Canadians, good luck in the first round of the uh, Worlds. Hope everybody has fun and maybe a beverage or two. Um, yeah, that's about it. And thank you again, Matt and Des, for coming and um, sharing all of your knowledge. Anytime. All yeah. right. You're more than welcome. Thank you, Dudes of, si Dudes of Sigmar, in and out. And so it was that the dudes would continue their journey through the mortal realms, forging ahead with a passion for the next great story. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, dudes. <laughs>